welcome to Think Out Loud with me. I'm Natalie, and this is a casting of another awesome chat from my little neck of the woods in Northern Colorado to you, in yours, wherever that may be. This every once in a while digital adventure is an effort to turn a lifetime of internal chatter, wondering, silent suffering, and physical and mental close calls into constructive and enlightening conversation with others. It's me taking advantage of the irrevocable license to be curious, issued by the universe and held by every single one of us. Time is our most valuable asset and you have a lot of choices on how to spend yours. Your sharing minutes and moments with me in my space is a tremendous honor. I aim to connect with you, be vulnerable and courageous with you, inspire you, wonder with you, and ultimately unfold out loud with you within a safe and respectful space. Before we begin, just a note about my format. I am a very happy and loving person by nature, and my ability to connect with others in authentic conversation is part of my own magic. I don't shy away from heavy subjects or emotions. In fact, I often run towards the deep end. There is profanity, you can fucking count on it. But connection and conversation are what matters. Fixate on that, and mind the kiddos if they're in earshot so our consciences can rest tonight. That's enough of the formalities, let's get to thinking out loud. Season two of this chat cast is picking back up after a spell spent working on myself. I'll tell you more in upcoming episodes, but in a nutshell, I took a couple of incredible trips to the heart of Mexico, and I joined a tribe of humans on a mission to heal. Besides the miles traveled, I've come a long way. I'm even writing about it in a book. My chapter in Shaman Heart, Sacred Rebel, with lead authors Stephanie Urbina-Jones and Jeremy Pager, is one of 25 in the hands of our publisher right now and scheduled for release at the end of May. I'll definitely keep you posted with details and launch events. You can find information on my website at bloomstruck.com backslash sacred rebel and even pre-order a copy of the book if you're interested. Until recent years, it seems like I've been writing other people's scripts my entire life. I've been writing and playing roles in other people's lives, brands, companies, drama, whatever, my entire fucking life. And I have had no original script of my own. At least I've never felt like I did. I know that's hard for people to understand at first. I think of it like sitting in the passenger seat of life's car for everything, where I've dutifully acted in a role of peacemaker and doer and coordinator, jumping out and helping whoever is driving, keep everything running and looking absolutely stunning. Drivers, drivers, driving, passengers, passengering, passengering. And there's me, busy, 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 in and out of the fucking car, changing flats, getting gas applying lipstick to rusted bumpers, hoping the duct tape I picked up at the nasty convenience store in the middle of nowhere matches the leather in the back seat where the flame thrower we've been carting around melted through before we had a chance to catch my breath. It's time I write my script. On this back half of life, I want to be the driver. I want behind the wheel to decide where this journey takes me. My why is this script I'm writing in real time with you finding my community, my connections, and ultimately my congruence. Congruence. When my insides actually match my outsides. There's a concept. How many of you can actually say this is true of you? To do so, to say so, isn't easy. Just ask my guest today. Check this out. Linda Castor, RN, LCPC, is a human I now call friend and sister after spending an unforgettable week of adventure and self-discovery together in Teotihuacan, Mexico. For almost 20 years, Linda has provided play therapy for children and adolescents and psychotherapy for adults in individual, couples, and family sessions. 
Linda has specialized training and experience in, check this out, clinical nursing, weight management, eating disorders, couples counseling, family therapy, and healing from emotional abuse. She's also treated PTSD, ADHD, OCD, depression, anxiety, autistic spectrum disorder, just to name a few. She's currently finishing her certification as if she doesn't have enough on her plate. Um, she's finishing her certification in Usui Reiki Master and Yoga. Linda's creativity and vibrancy shine through in children's books she's authored. And her determination to help others has come to life in the pages of a recent project that will soon be coming to life called Brainwashed from Birth, How to Completely Free Yourself from Narcissistic Indoctrination. It's a self-help book about healing and reclaiming life after narcissistic abuse in which she shares firsthand experience as a survivor and thriver and offers practical ways to help those struggling to fully recover. Through her powerfully crafted words, she teaches readers how to deprogram from the narcissist insidious brainwashing and reclaim personal freedom to manifest their greatest dreams and desires. In chapter 13 of Shaman Heart, Sacred Rebel, the book in which we will both be featured that I mentioned is hitting the shelves in late May, Linda lays open her heart and her vulnerability and shares the incredible story of stalking her own truth. I cannot wait for you to read it. Linda, thank you for joining me, for thinking out loud with me. I'm grateful. I'm so incredibly grateful for our connection, and I'm very excited to introduce you to our listeners. Oh my gosh, thank you. I am thrilled to be here. More than thrilled. This is beyond belief. I'm so excited to see you. It's so fun to see you. I haven't seen you since our trip. <laughs> I know, which was just felt like just yesterday, but then it's been weeks and and so much yeah. has happened since then. Yeah. Um, Hey, our first connection, although we had been in the same space for a couple of days, our first connection in Teo um, was at the coffee pot <laughs> yes. and uh, one morning and you approached me and um, do you remember what you said to me? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh, I was just, uh, well, first of all, back, I'm going to back up because we were able to have a, uh, we were able to know each other in a big group, big circle, and we all would share little things about each other and ourselves. And, and so, uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm sitting in this room with all these people thinking, wow, like, I didn't know so-and-so felt that way about himself, or I didn't know. It's just, it's like, it was such a beautiful unleashing of our, our just sacredness of who we, the parts of us that we just don't let anybody else know about. Right. Okay. So, you know, because that had been opened up, I remember, I don't know, just something about you. I was just like, I want to get to know her, but, and I would, I just thought, just do it, do it, do it, do it. So I went up to you and I said, I said, I want to get to know you, but I think, I, I think you might think I'm too much for you. And, and I guess what my, I don't know, I forget, I don't know what you remember, but I remember you just embraced me and you're like, no, Linda, I don't think that about you at all. And I just, I'm so glad to be here and and know you and all these, yeah, these, you just, I don't know. Does, do you remember what you said? Cause that's what my memory was. You're not to too effect. much for me. No. And, <laughs> and I remember thinking, gosh, to be seen for who we are and to, to recognize the courage that you had in approaching me to recognize I don't know that a lot of people understand energy that they give off, you know, mm -hmm. that, that there was, um, a courageous moment there where you approached me and I, in my own way, 
reacted to you. And my re first reaction was just to embrace you and, and to mm -hmm. cry and say, thank you. Like mm -hmm. how many people for me, it was like, how many people have I rejected? How many people have I not connected with? Because, you know, um, for whatever our own thoughts are in our heads that, that don't allow us to just walk up and say, Hey, I'd yeah, like to, cause you healed me in that moment. Literally. I mean, the damage that my, parent said to me that you're just too much you're just too much and it just it erased it evaporated I don't feel that way anymore I get to be me now like it's I so great it. what she did for me so wow many things wow. of course I'll, I'll never know, forget that moment <laughs> I'll never I won't either it was a, one of the first things I wrote down in my notes was really that oh. first connection yeah at the coffee pot do you remember uh, the last day of our when we were all getting ready for breakfast and we had to leave it was our very last day there do you remember me grabbing you? Oh, yes. <laughs> I was like in tears and I'm like, I think I like did a neck hold or something on you, but I was just so like, and I just had that emotional, oh my gosh, I'm not going to see her for a long time. I'm, I just want to let her know. So what we're describing doesn't sound real when I, when I hear us, you know, it, the, the experience that we're speaking about is, um, I mentioned Stephanie and Jeremy in my opening, um, freedom, folk, and soul being their, um, collective and that we not, that we belong to. And, um, this journey that we went on was an author's journey. And, um, unlike any really experience that I think is out there, um, the, the journey itself was a group of, um, I think in total, there was 26 of us men and women. And, um, the idea being that we are to each produce our own chapter under this theme of sacred rebel and that the journey that we go on, uh, in the sacred, um, the sacred surroundings there, uh, of Te Teotihuacan, the pyramids and the, the villages that surround the pyramids, um, that our, our story would be birthed from this journey um, and from the ceremonies uh, that we went through and the experiences that we had together and as individuals, um, the time we spent together in group um, processing and and writing and and really just laying ourselves out there. Um, you mentioned when we were we were just getting started that, it, how did you come to find the group and tell me a little bit about hmm. what led you to the author's journey that you are, our paths cross there. So, um, what brought you to that point? I was just, uh, doing housework and just feeling like I got to call Ruth Souther. Um, this was after reading the first Shaman Heart book. I read, uh, I knew some authors already from there and I, I read and the, their chapters and they were wonderful. And then I read Ruth Souther's book or chapter and he, and I was like, there's something about her. First of all, <laughs> she has the last name of my daughter who's married to her nephew. I didn't know that until later. Bottom line is I went to go see her. Didn't even know why went to go see her just pure faith. She did some nice therapy with me. It was very, very positive. And towards the end, she said, Linda, I feel like I've known you forever. I said, yeah, I feel that way about you too. She goes, I think you'd be really good for this. And the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. What was your, uh, there's other authors journeys in the works. I think they've got one for Peru next year. Um, mm -hmm. and, and others that they're talking about. What was your favorite, um, experience 
of our journey in January that you went, that we went on? Hmm. I'd say the fire walking because a, I didn't think I could do it and B wow. The vibration that everybody raised around that fire and what we did was amazing. And so anytime I can face my fear and do it anyway, I'm, I'm all about it. You know, I mean, I'm not all about it. I'm terrified, but I'll do it anyway. Right. <laughs> so, do it anyway. Um, so that was huge. And I made myself go across there be- without anybody's help. I wanted to show myself I could do it. And then what was even more was better, you know, just to grab somebody's hand. And I think it was Jennifer Falchi who you mentioned earlier. Um, just she, she and I ran across and uh, she, it was fun. We had a good time. We and, walked uh, on fire. Yes, we walked on fire. (laughs) It's so hard to describe that to people. You know, it's, it's it, the experience of it, um, the preparation for it, the Mm -hmm. kind of the mind fuck, if you will, that you have to like, you know, you go through, I think it's probably seven different degrees of, you know, from freaking out and then saying, no, I'm not going to die. I'm just not going to be the one that does it. I will be the one that sits out. This is not going to be uh, to no hell. Yeah. I'm going to do this to, oh my gosh, it's like in a minute. Okay. We're standing up. We're actually going out there and to light that bonfire and to Mm -hmm. see it roar, um, part of the ceremony to, to watch the life in that fire and to understand that we would become one with it. Um, and then Mm -hmm. to let the, let the fire burn down, um, to the, to the embers and the coals, to see those hot, geez, Louise. Um, and then to level out and match the energy and find the courage to walk forward and through to the other side was mm-hmm. pretty, pretty powerful shit. Yeah. And we did it together. Yeah. That was so important. The collective energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to transition into some of your magic and, and really your, your story, um, because I think it's incredibly important. So narcissism, it's a word that is tossed about and thrown around a lot as of late, um, Mm -hmm. people, uh, you know, accuse each other of it. If, if there's anyone that talks about themselves, too much or, or, or doesn't, um, I don't, I don't know. There's just this, this lighty kind of flighty thing with the word narcissism and narcissists and so on, but it's actually a term and a reality that should be, and that you take very seriously. Um, in fact, educating people about narcissism and helping free people from abuse and, um, from the grips of, uh, of the, of the control that a narcissist can inflict on another human being is a life's mission of yours. Yes, it actually is. Well said. Yeah. Um, can you give me, let's, I want to talk about the definition. I want to talk about, um, and then transition into really, you know, your work and, and what you're putting together in a book. Um, think out loud with me about, about the concept. Absolutely. Um, well, if I could, let me do a less than five minute narcissism one-on-one because you're right that it's, it's all out there. Um, so many wonderful people are doing YouTube videos that are amazing. They've actually helped me, uh, fine tune some of the things I, I already knew, but also learned from them. So, um, but there's, there's a thing called narcissistic personality disorder. So, um, these people have unreasonably high sense of their own importance and they want people to admire them and they lack the ability to understand and care 
about the feelings of others. And they wear this mask of extreme confidence, but they have this low self-worth and they're easily upset by the slightest criticism. And these people don't want to be cured. You know, you try to help them. Nope. They, they instead, anybody who tries to help them, they, they, th they will point and say, you're the narcissist. It's just amazing how they do that. Um, they will literally think that that person's weak for trying to help them. And it's just like a big roadblock. So if you've been raised by someone like that, it's a heartbreaker. It's, 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 and what happens is people get pulled into a dynamic of, well, I want to maybe make her, make it better. You know, what, what little girl doesn't want her mother to be okay. You know, so I'll talk about that in a second. So the other thing that I wanted to really highlight is that there's a thing that it's narcissistic traits. So there's people who have the personality disorder in a narcissistic area, but then there's a narcissistic traits. And these people become so saturated and contaminated by narcissistic abuse that their psyche takes on the narcissist traits. I mean, they are inherently not narcissists. Rather, they're like psychologically wounded by mm -hmm. intense narcissism. You know, so usually some event or uncomfortable feeling alerts them to this strain, it's like, I don't know if I, I'm, wait, I'm doing this thing and I don't think this is right about me. Uh, in my practice, I've helped a lot of people who were ready to do so. They were ready to release those personality traits. And for example, I'll use me as an example. I felt jealousy. This was several years ago. I felt jealousy about my husband being able to travel overseas on a business trip without me. And yet I didn't like this feeling, this jealousy. It just didn't feel like a part of me. It really irritated me. So I started doing emotional freedom technique on myself, which I don't know if you know what that is. It's tapping. Have you heard of that? I have. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's very common now. I remember learning about it way back in 2004 and I've been doing it with my clients ever since. It's wonderful. It is part of the medicine. I don't know if I, I mean, it's just one of my medicines I've done for a long time. Um, so I started doing that on myself and, and there it was, it all pointed back to my mother. Cause I was, yeah. I was tapping on jealousy. Oh, what is this? And I, and I raised, I released intense feelings of jealousy. I then rewired my brain by simply deciding to be happy for my husband that he gets to go. And I was actually shocked at how free I once I felt once I did that, it was mm -hmm. like, wow, this feels better than the jealousy. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so when you talk about the masks that these human beings wear mm -hmm. that there is um i mean i i that resonates with me because i think about well i i talk talked about it in my little ditty at the beginning like this mask that i've always worn of being the helper doer like i can do this for you i can help you with all this when underneath i just am, am a freaking mess of a person inside and mm -hmm. in fact like growing resentful by the minute because I'm, I'm in the, I'm, I'm in the actual situation that I've created for myself being the codependent, you know, person mm -hmm. that I, that I am, um, wishing that I could take off the mask and stand up on my own two feet. So there's so, but then you're talking about a, a narcissist having a same situation, but just different where they have got a mask on of just extremely high importance and, and, and extremely high thoughts of themselves. But in fact, they're extremely vulnerable inside. Yes. And they're, they, yeah, they close the gap by locking in that mask in as hard and fast away as they possibly can. Am I accurate in describing it like that? Yeah. I mean, true narcissists don't want to give that up. 
where people who are wounded by, I mean, we all have stuff, right? But people who are not narcissists and who are wounded by other things in life that come up, they might be also wearing a mask, like you said, but they want to get, there's on some level, they want to get rid of that as I did. Like mm -hmm. I, you know, just didn't want to be like that. But, you know, we tend to take on traits of, when we don't get what we need from our parents, we tend to tend we tend to take on their negative traits. It's really interesting how that works. Very mm. interesting. In my opinion, this narcissistic traits is when we're so saturated from the it's just day in, day out that we we're human, we take it on. Mm -hmm. And then we leave. Hopefully we can get away from that narcissist and then we recover by going, wow, why am I doing this? Why am I thinking mm -hmm. this? That's not there. It's, it's like a settling into who is who is me and who is not me. Because when, when you are raised by a narcissist, there's a thing called enmeshment where you don't know where they begin and they and, and they end. It's it's kind of terrifying. Well, that's that's where the codependency comes in. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know where what do I do without you mm -hmm. kind of thing. So you're speaking about kind of warrant not warning signs, but like thing thoughts that are going through a person who is in a narcissistic relation is in a relationship with a narcissist and is maybe questioning and I've even had the almost subtle kind of quiet conversations with friends and acquaintances where I, I think my my husband or I think my brother might be an, like and it's like a mm -hmm. if we're really actually going to call somebody this we better be sh we better be sure about it right and so they're in this state of mind of where they're kind of questioning am I actually in this situation can you describe what those you are in a way but can you like, what are we looking for to understand like the red flags, you know, what mm -hmm. is somebody looking for? Um, you know, in a nutshell, it's how, how, how are you made to feel mm -hmm. when this person does X, Y, Z, you know, and if you've been conditioned by a narcissist, if you've been raised by one, it's normal for you to be yelled at or to be, um, put down or gaslit, um, so, but if, but there's people like, I, I have a client right now who, um, this person came to me and is, uh, considering divorcing the spouse because we've been talking and, and this client will say, well, he does this and this and this. And I said, well, that's gaslighting on what's gaslighting. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. <laughs> let me help you understand what that is mm -hmm. um and so uh we don't always know matter of fact it's it, that's why i wrote this book is because i didn't know i mean i knew my parent was you know not a, not, not the greatest person on the planet you know um but i didn't understand uh, why I was being pushed away or it's just, it, you know, so when you, when you have people treat you poorly and you're not used to it, I tell people, look up the, the definition of narcissist. If you think so-and-so is a nar narcissist, look it up. And does this person do all the things you're reading, mm -hmm. you know, um, because that will help you decide. And if you aren't sure, because you have been indoctrinated by a narcissist and you just have, you're just so fuzzy about it, which quite frankly, most everybody's terrified that once they get out of a narcissistic relationship, they're going to go right back into one. And I cover that in this book of how not to do that. Mm -hmm. That's huge. 
So, but what they'll do, I'll just say, ask somebody else, ask a trusted person. Hey, do you think so-and-so is a narcissist? And it's just a very private conversation because, you know, what I'm not promoting is everybody going, oh, you're a narcissist and you're a narcissist. And you're, you know, right. like, it's a very, these people are, these people are hurting too, you know? So my book is not a bash the narcissist kind of book. It's a very kind, compassionate book on how for the person, the survivor, of course, mm -hmm. and inviting them to heal and doing so without uh, making themselves vulnerable again to the narcissist who wounded them. Mm -hmm. Is there hope for, I mean, that sounds like such a shallow question. There is hope for narcissists. That's a great question. We've, we, we are in a, we are a generation in a, in a time where talk therapy and connection and, and mental health and, and support is a, a paramount importance. And that our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, where these traits have really just been passed down through like your, I mean, it's abuser to abusee to abuser to, I mean, it's just like in the DNA, right? And it's, it's as if we are, this light bulb has is continuing to come on for so many of us as we, you know, this collective of support has grown. Um, there's hope for the narcissist to get help. Um, it, what we're saying though, is it's not, it's not the person being abused. It's not their, their role to, to find it. I mean, they've got to save themselves before they can save, you know, or before anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's been my lifelong question is how do I help my parent? <laughs> you know, I'm this, I'm this therapist who knows mm -hmm. some things here and boy, did I, I did, I had no clue. I just had not actually admitted to myself, oh my gosh, I am a chess piece on a chessboard, and she mm. flicks me off. Like I don't matter. I was not ready for that until the pain. So I talk about pain and fear thresholds. So usually we don't do anything when we're terrified. We just stay in a situation, but when pain overrides the fear, that's when we go, wait a minute. Mm. And that's when we wake up. And that's what happened to me just this past, just summer of 2022. And I, I literally Googled, why don't narcissists want to work through problems and talk things through. And the answer blew me away. And it also woke me up. I mean, awakened me to the, oh my God, reality that mm. this is real. Like mm -hmm. she, all my life, all my life, you know, because you want your parent to not be this at all. Mm -hmm. And so I finally allowed myself the time to grieve because that's the first thing that happens. Mm -hmm. I mean, I could talk about it. I, I have a, I talk about it in the book, um, you know, cause many are unaware they're being brainwashed like I was. And on, on some level, I knew that, you know, there was a problematic relationship, you know, but these, but narcissists train you to blame yourself. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just a, it's, it's not a, it just is a revolving door cycle Mm -hmm. of you trying to help them and they're just like using you it's just it's just tough so um so with such indoctrinations we blindly remain in endless cycles of manipulation and control because you know 
like I said, we're unable to fathom that the people who raised us never valued us as human humans with genuine needs and wants and likes. It is a brutal pill to swallow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so anybody out there who has realized it and then vacillated and went back into the relationship, I, I get you because that is all that can happen. Just love yourself through all these processes. That's what I'm talking about because it is a process, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I literally teach how to deprogram yourself, but we're not computers. So it's not going to happen overnight. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's going to happen and it happens. It can happen quicker than you believe. It's really amazing. And so I want to also say that, that the years that it took for you to be brainwashed will not count. The years to heal will not be the same. You Mm -hmm. you literally can exponentially heal very quickly, Mm -hmm. especially because you want to once it, the key is to actually acknowledge oh my goodness, this is really happening. Because mm-hmm. I, even today I vacillate a little bit, just a little bit. Vacillate. Like, am I the one that's crazy? You know, because it's so, I mean, 61 years there, you have, have indoctrination, you know? So, wow. but I know better now. Yeah. I do. I get to be human, <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm curious, are there other co-kind of, I mean, like, it feels like narcissism is like an addiction to yourself. No, that's a really interesting way to put it to your self-worth. Yeah. Cause it's, it's addictive because, and this term has been, has been, there's a term out there where we are, we are, we human beings are their supply. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that before? Mm-hmm. And all these, yep. That's, that's the value. That's the, that's, that's what we are to them. Because in my mind, I'm thinking about the parallel of say an alcoholic, you know, the abuse mm -hmm. there's, there feels like there's how to break free from these where you're trying to save. I, it resonates with me because I was a child of an alcohol of both my parents and, you know, the feeling of, Mm -hmm. I can't save them from themselves. I'm not enough for them to change don't you see me standing here? Like, (laughs) you know, my desires for you to be healthy aren't enough. Um, and breaking free from that was a massive process to that. Mm -hmm. Still, I I can't say that I've broken free from it and it's been my entire life spent working on it. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm feeling like parallels in these kind of the unwinding of the abuse, um, Mm -hmm and, and freeing ourselves to, to walk on our own two feet and not walking on. I enlighten the narcissist, the one that, you know, is curious about it and who maybe have a narcissistic parent and this child is kind of curious. So I, 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 I liken it to, to picking up the sword and they swish it. Oh, you jumped. That was kind of Mm. exciting. Let me do that again. Oh, you jumped again. So I feel like they, they, they can't drop that sword mm-hmm. of control and power manipulation because it's too much fun. Interesting. It's almost like a childlike uh, need to see, you know, I mean, children are wonderful, but I'm just saying a child that, that gets the gratification of, Ooh, you jumped when I did that. Yes. But, but in a, on, but when they have the influence of, whatever happens in their young life, Mm -hmm. perhaps other narcissistic parents, most likely narcissistic parents, um, you know, that they learn those behaviors. Mm -hmm. 
I'm they don't drop that sword at all. They don't, they were unwilling to drop the sword. Yeah. They carry it for the rest of their life. I'm reading on the Mayo Clinic um, website about you, you said earlier, just look it up um, that a couple of things that pop out um, that the disorder, and I mean, it's truly a disorder recognized as a mental health disorder um, that folks with narcissistic personality disorder are generally unhappy and disappointed when they're not given the special favors or admiration that they believe they deserve. They may find their relationships troubled and unfulfilling and other people may not enjoy being around them. Um, it affects relationships, work, school, financial matters, everything around them. Um, mm -hmm. I would imagine that they end up being alone at a certain point. Um, it says that the disorder affects more males than females mm -hmm. and often begins in the teens or early adulthood. That's interesting. Well, they are, they do uh, tend to not have a lot of friends. And if they do, those friends are narcissists probably. And I don't even, you know, so they play off of each other. I really don't know how that works. I've, <laughs> you know, I don't have that experience. Um, I want to go back to the hope that you talked about though. Mm -hmm. I want to give people hope mm -hmm. because when you are finally, when you finally are, you don't like it, but you are willing to accept, oh my gosh, in order for me to be free, completely free of this. I have to see who this person really is. Mm -hmm. And now, and, and I used to be the, like that client of mine where I'm terrified. Am I, like, like, am I going to get, am I going to befriend a narcissist in the future? You know, what am I going to do you know, as a friend? What am I, you know, and, and terrified that I'm not going to see that. So I would look up the definition. I would ask friends. Now I don't have to. That's the, that is another reward of being brave enough to say, wow, my parents a narcissist and I don't like saying that out loud, but I'm going to have to, in order to get through that, to, to free myself from, from whatever this person has done, you know, for many years. So I can see narcissists from, I can, I can, I pick them out pretty easily and it feels great. <laughs> so I want to give your, your listeners hope that it's, it's a, this is real healing. And I, that's why in my title, it's how to completely free yourself from narcissistic indoctrination. I mean, you can have the life that you've always wanted and not living their life because that's what they want you to do. They don't want you to live their life. They want to live life through you. That's even more sinister, quite frankly. So the book has come about from your own experience and mm -hmm. it's come about because of the people that you have spent time with in in session um, mm -hmm. and in helping them. Um, and I would imagine that it's, it's therapy and healing for you to actually put it together. What a daunting task to put together such a, a fantastic resource for people. Have you like, what's that experience been like? Oh my gosh. Well, so first of all, people will come to me and they say, how do you even do, how, how can you even be a therapist? <laughs> and I'll say, well, here's what I do. I don't focus on the pain. I focus on the healing. Mm. So I, I remember um, early on, going on reddit and reading these incredible stories these these teen 20 somethings trapped in their families or even you know younger 
uh, crying out for help and what do I do and this is happening and I don't have the money to get out and just so my heart was breaking for these children of course because I can relate mm-hmm. um, and so uh, this is really uh, for lack of a better way to say this is it's a love letter love a love letter to all these kids who need to know how to do this how do how do I, I I'm trapped in a in a situation where I I can't get out right now um, mm-hmm. but I want to learn how to how to help myself. And, um, you know, once this deception is revealed, you know, survivors become fully activated and they immediately, you know, they get grief stricken and they struggle to reconcile this disbelief. Um, you know, you just need somebody, you just need, I just want to be able to metaphorically hold their hand and say, look, it's, this is confusing. It's heart wrenching. And, and I know you're vulnerable and, and here's how you don't get lulled back into the narcissist spell. Mm. You know, this book, this book is my goal for this book is to help you climb out of that hole. I mean, you don't belong there. I mean, you deserve to be free and live the life you choose. And so this book is to help survivors navigate through this crucial time of transformation and reclaim their lives. You know, that's beautiful. It's a compassionate book. It's it's focused on healing survivors. I love it. What a wonderful gift. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to get it out. <laughs> what do you do when you're not writing and 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 in therapy with with folks? How do you go about supporting your own mental health? Hmm. Well, I am I am right now uh I t- I'm taking a yoga course uh to become an instructor. And the reason is, is because uh, early on in my life, my my parent um, uh, kind of ruined yoga for me, and so this this is something I I kind of have to do yoga. I have to do yoga now, uh, strength training because I was diagnosed with severe osteoporosis, wow. and um, I have some theories about why I have it. Um, aside from the you know what they talk about, you know nutrition and all the kind of things. Um, but I really think my bones somehow sucked the life out. They were sucked. The life was sucked out of them somehow. I don't know why I keep saying that. I keep feeling that, but I'm reversing that. I'm, I mean, you, you, once you have osteoporosis, you, you maintain it if you can, you know, so I'm, I'm doing all kinds of uh, exercises, learning all the yoga moves that are safe for osteoporosis. And who knows, I might do a YouTube channel. I'm looking forward to doing something on YouTube. I I don't know what it is yet. Uh, Might be that might be something else or both. But uh, um, I, I want to make it fun because yoga was always kind of boring for me, quite frankly. So that's what I want to do. Um, so I do that. Um, I uh, I write music, uh, play music. Um, I do. I exercise every day. I'm very fortunate I can do that now, you know, just have the time to, you know, and then, of course, I love to write. Yeah. And, yeah. Congratulations on on your on your writing adventures and bringing your stories to life. Um, it's an incredible an incredible feat. Uh, having spent time down in Mexico with you in my in my own ways, um, facing my own fears and putting words on paper for the world to 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 read, hitting send on that deadline day, and thinking, here we go. Yeah, I'm all yeah. I'm, I'm all about the exorcism on paper. <laughs> yes. <laughs> which yes. which quite frankly, I had to I had to write some pretty angry poems to get through 
um, you know, to get to the other side, which is great. So yeah. I, didn't I didn't like having to write the angry poems, but I didn't hurt anybody by doing it. I expressed myself. So poetry is another thing I do. I just love oh, it. It just kind of flows out, just flows out. I love it. Yeah. You know, just, and yeah, it was great. Isn't it? It was great to be able to um, be supported in Mexico with all the, with all, everyone there. And we, we, we literally just wrote from our hearts and, yeah. and this book's going to be very powerful. I can't wait for it to come out. Yeah. You, yeah, you're going to have a powerful year with a couple of them coming out. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, what's your goal with Brainwashed from Birth? What's the goal on on publishing there? It's it's to help anyone who's been has experienced narcissistic abuse and has just awakened to this harsh reality. It's just it's and to be there as a support, as a guide, as a oh yeah, you need to read this book because this is going to help you know what to do now. Because the grief is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. When will it's, people have access to it? I don't know. I'm thinking I'm, I'd like maybe later on in the later, uh, later this year or in 2024. So good. Well, we'll keep people absolutely keep people apprised of, of the details. Well, thank you. Um, Linda, what a wonderful opportunity to visit with you. Uh, well, thank to you. Think out loud with you. Time flies when, when it's easy. Um, I want to be sure people can find you and experience mm -hmm. your magic, um, whether that's in therapy or just keeping track of, of your, your authorship. Um, can you share details of your website, social handles? How, how are folks sure. with you? I'm revamping the social stuff right now, but right now, if you want to find me, uh, just go to lindacaster.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-A-S-T-O-R.com. Awesome. Awesome. And you're, you'll have other um, well, you can find social handles there, whether they're yeah. in whatever form that they're in, you are, yeah. everything's there for now. <laughs> everywhere. Yep. I see that. And I do have a, I do have a brainwashedfrombirth.com, but it's going to funnel back into lindacaster.com. Awesome. Not sure what I'm doing with that yet, but you know, this is also new. We're all just, right. We're, it's, we're it just... is a big <laughs> adventure. Definitely. It they bring something new. Um, yeah. Well, thank you all for tuning in to think out loud with me today. And today's guest, Linda Castor. I look forward to more in the coming weeks as I welcome additional sisters and brothers from our recent journeys to Mexico. You'll want to tune in, um, keep an eye out for when, and until then take care, big hugs, big love. Bye friends. Bye.